ladies and gentlemen, hobos and tramps, cross-eyed mosquitoes and bow-legged ants, I come before you to stand behind you to tell you something I know nothing about. Admission is free, pay at the door, pull up a chair, and sit on the floor. Today I got some stuff to tell you. A. This is another week where I'm making multiple recordings of the same podcast. Yep. Me and these settings. We're not friends. But I also have to tell you guys that we hit 20,000 downloads this week. I really never thought it would get to this point. It is so exciting. And to go along with the 20,000 downloads, we're also releasing our brand new website on Tuesday, talesbycole.com. And alongside that, a new Patreon. Patreon.com slash talesbycole. But don't go there yet. There's really nothing there for you guys. But there will be Tuesday. For Patreons who want to donate $5 or more, I am creating a spinoff podcast of this podcast. I'm not just asking for your money. We're providing value. This is how we do it at Tales by Cole. This is how Cole works. It's how he operates. Now, with all that fun stuff out of the way, I'd like to introduce you creeps to a fellow podcaster, host of the Malice podcast, a sociologist, a mom, a creep, a friend, a Twitter pal, Ariel Cooksey. Ariel joins us today on the infamous sideshow to talk about the telltale signs or red flags of a predator, and how to recognize them, whether that's a friend, coworker, parent, teacher, lover, date, whatever. I've said it before. I'll say it again. No one is beyond suspicion. I know, it's hard to hear. In the true crime community, we feel that we are a little more attuned, that we know what to look for. After all, we research this stuff. We listen to the podcasts, watch the documentaries. Hell, some of us are in law enforcement. We know what predators look like. We keep our heads on swivel. We know who to trust. But do we? Let's have an honest conversation about the word predator. It conjures images of the iconic Jack the Ripper drawings, that haunted Victorian white chapel, the sinister shadows, the obscured face, skulking in the darkness, the threatening menace of the unknown. But aside from the unknown threat, this isn't what we need to be careful about. We see that coming and we head for the hills. No, the bigger threat are the wolves in sheep's clothing that wear a mask of normalcy or even trustworthiness. We need to be skeptical of the person we would least suspect. Don't get me wrong, a person living an upstanding life does not ensure they've got a body count. You might stumble upon someone like Fred Rogers once in a while, the type of person who simply tries to be the best that they can be, all the while battling the same mental struggles and demons that define the human experience. But that's the thing. He encouraged children to try. That trying is more important than seeming to be beyond reproach. 
Predators don't do that. They manage expectations. Nobody is beyond suspicion. You see, the real predators aren't predators at all. Not how we imagine, anyway. They're nice people. Pillars of the community. Clergy. The saintly volunteer. Law enforcement. We trust them implicitly. Why wouldn't we? Maybe it's the guy who serves as a scout leader. Maybe it's the family man who is a deacon at his church. Maybe it's the kid's favorite teacher who genuinely loves to bestow knowledge and engage children in learning. Maybe it's the priest who ministers to the homeless and indigent. Or the philanthropist who keeps the local domestic violence shelter afloat. Admittedly, these are all very good things. I'm not knocking that at all. But people can do lots of wonderful things and still be capable of the most depraved acts imaginable. The alleged Golden State Killer, Joseph James D'Angelo, was former military turned police. Dean Coral was the neighborhood nice guy who would give out candy to children for free. Dennis Rader was a church official, a community enforcer, a Boy Scout troop leader. John Wayne Gacy was a higher up in the JCs, even winning awards and special recognition. Bill Cosby was America's dad. I mean, even Ted Bundy saved lives volunteering for a suicide hotline. Though, I would assert he's still soundly in the red on his ledger. But that's what I'm saying. There aren't the kinds of tip-offs that we would expect. Raider's wife had no idea. Nor did Gacy's. Cosby's wife is still in denial. This is due to a process called grooming. Grooming is typically associated with sexual abuse and considered a one-on-one -on -one interaction, luring someone into a false sense of security, slowly escalating them towards their eventual goal. But grooming doesn't stop there. It doesn't have to be one-on-one -on -one at all. Raider didn't even know most of his victims. And they certainly didn't all know him. But he had groomed his family to see him as a loving husband, father, and breadwinner. He groomed the community with his time and energy towards wholesome causes. Who's going to assume the church elder is secretly binding, torturing, killing? Nobody. And that's the point. I repeat, nobody is beyond suspicion. There are things we can look for that are telltale signs of potential predators. So here are a few to keep in mind. Love bombing. We can all get swept up in the passion of new romance, but if someone is just taking it a little too over the top too soon, it's time to head the other way. This behavior is often intended to lure someone by creating a false narrative of the attentive and loving partner so that when their behavior inevitably shifts, the individual who's been loved bombed will feel like it's their fault. It's insidious, 
it works and it's very, very dangerous. Do you notice that someone just loves kids? Little league coach, teacher, youth pastor, scout master, but they don't seem to have many adult friends or spend any real time with other age appropriate peers. That flag is so red, it's bleeding. Child predators specifically put themselves in what are called victim-rich environments, namely places with access to children. It is important to start conversations with your child very early that just because someone is nice doesn't mean they're trustworthy. Does he like you in blue? Like, a lot? Suggest you wear it more often because it looks amazing with your eyes. And it's his favorite color, after all. Okay, hold up. This sounds like a compliment, but it absolutely is not. This is a baby attempt to manipulate your behavior. You start wearing more blue and your crush or partner is suddenly enabled to push that boundary a little further next time. And they're doing so by making you feel important and loved. It's not lovey. It's shitty. Don't buy it. Mood swings. Even psychopaths who can affect a calm, cool, and composed demeanor can lose their shit in front of you once in a while. And if they react disproportionately to something minor... That should tingle your spidey senses that something is really not right. Maybe they're not a psychopath, and that's a plus, right? But if they're back and forth between loving and enraged, it's to keep you off balance. That's not a safe place to be. General displays of control or needing to have everything just so... Now, that's not to say that a a tidy apartment and meticulous grooming makes someone a murderous maniac, but if it translates to every area of that person's life, that's a pretty scary prospect. What happens when they can't control something? I don't know about you, but I'd rather not find out. And when in doubt, yawn. You heard me. Yawn in front of them. Yawning is a physiological response in humans, but it triggers a biosocial reaction. Others then yawn in response. It's basically a parasympathetic response that demonstrates connection to other human beings. It's not foolproof, but if you're already having doubts about someone, give it a shot. Might confirm what you were already wondering if this person is capable of empathy at all. You don't need to go through life terrified or looking over your shoulder, expecting your friend or teacher or partner or priest are secretly plotting your unwitting demise. The vast majority of people are not. But you can be smart about it. Look for the warning signs. Trust your gut feelings. And if something seems too good to be true... Well, it probably is. Everyone has their baggage, their hang-ups, their warts, their quirks, their annoying things. If you see none, well, you tell me. Like I said, nobody 
is beyond suspicion. If you enjoyed that, make sure to go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And search Malice to join host Ariel Cooksey in her latest episode as she dives into the depths of cults to determine how they form, how they catch on, and how they persist. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. I hope you guys are all staying safe in this crazy, crazy world right now. I hope you enjoyed Ariel Cooksey's contribution to the Sideshow, and I hope you will go look her up. I also hope that you're going to go check out TalesByCole.com on Tuesday when it's live I also hope you guys will go check out patreon.com slash tales by Cole and you'll want to hear the new podcast well sort of new it's it's new yeah it's new with all that out of the way I say goodnight to you creeps stay healthy stay safe and don't forget to lock the door